0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview. So glad you guys are here uh, to worship with us. Is it like too late to say Happy New Year? Can I still say that? Happy New Year. You guys didn't respond, so it's too late. You said it wasn't, and then Happy New Year. All right, that's the last time I'll do that this year, okay? Um, We're so glad you're here uh, to worship with us. I'm launching a brand new series, like Joel mentioned, called Life Hacks, And you should have gotten a program. If you didn't get a program and you need one, you can raise your hand, and an usher will will get one to you. Uh, Inside uh, our programs are kind of a bunch of different information. Uh, We have a listening guide that will kind of be an outline of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, You should have had a pen. If it helps you to take notes, please feel free to do that. Uh, We'll also be showing things on the screen here so you can follow along. There's different events, and I encourage you to, to fill out that connection card that Joel had you begin Uh, Later in the service, we'll receive our offering. You can drop that in there. Uh, Please let us know, too, if there's prayer requests. Uh, One thing we want to do is we want to pray for you as a church. And so uh, let us know how we can do that. Uh, But back to the the series, uh, we're starting called Life Hacks. And I want to give some examples of what some of those are in real life. But first, I want to define that phrase. So we're kind of starting from the same point, the same reference point. Here's the definition of a life hack. It's a strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way. So the core definition of this hack is efficiency. So there's things that we deal with in our life that we may want to think, like, how could I go about this differently and make something more efficient? So the Internet is a wonderful and scary place all at the same time. But you can find tons of life hacks and so I Googled some, and here's here's some that I saw. Uh, if you want to make your your air cooler, you, you you put some water bottles to a fan, and you put holes in it, and it like it's an amazing hack. Anyone tried that? Okay, we, we have we there are some out here that have tried that. So that that's a life hack. If you want, you know, you don't need AC. You just need to buy a couple of like non name brand Sprites and you're good. Uh, here's another one. You know, if you don't have a microwave and you want to heat up your coffee cup, you put it near your computer, and that internal motor that's working so hard it's creating heat, it warms your mug. I'm a little suspect. I don't know about that. Like, it's not a car motor. It's a computer, but it's a hack, okay? Uh, heat. See, just so you didn't know, there's heat, and it will, it will warm up your cup. Here's another one. Uh, if, if your showerhead... We're just, here's another hack. Don't ever look at your shower head. That's going to be scary. But if you do look at it and you notice like, what is all that stuff that's falling on me? You can clean it. You get a baggie, you put vinegar in there, and then you, you just strap it on and overnight it will be clean. And then the next day you smell like vinegar. It's a hack of cologne as well. And then uh, Southern California summers, you, you, you know, you don't want to bake in your oven You just put cookies, these are going to be giant, I mean, can I just say, these are going to be giant monster cookies, but you just bake it on your dashboard. Life hack. You guys feel like you're ready to accomplish something now? You're welcome. We're givers here at Ridgeview. We want you to feel ready to tackle your life. Uh, In all seriousness, these are our hacks. Uh, They can make maybe more efficient, some of the time they can... Maybe seem a little quirky, but they can work. But the issue with life hacks like this is that they don't really help answer life's biggest issues or concerns. They maybe can make things a little bit more efficient, but they're not necessarily life uh, changing. Now, I'm going to make this assumption, but I I believe it's true, is what we really want are not just little life hacks like this. We want things that are actually going to really help us. Uh, For instance, how do I resolve conflict? How do I get traction at work? How do I, you know, do everything on my plate that I need to do it in the right way? Uh, these are the ty- types of life hacks. Which, if we can get kind of a grip on those, those things actually can be life changing. Those things can actually uh, re- really help us. So, in this series, uh, we're going to be looking at this core issue that does that, like brings success, helps you get traction. The word for that is is wisdom, and Wisdom is something that you see again and again in the scripture, that God's something that he wants to give to us. And so in this series, as we talk about life hacks, we're really talking not about these little tools that can help, but how do we get wisdom into our life? And I just want to summarize kind of some some ideas of wisdom. The first that you could see on the screen is lasting success in life comes from wisdom. If you really want lasting success, but you don't have wisdom, it's very hard to keep on and holding on to that. You can have short-term success. You can have some neat opportunities that you've maybe been able to buy up, But lasting success, you actually can't pull away from wisdom. It's always connected. And so lasting success in life comes from wisdom. Now, wisdom is actually tested in in real life. It's given to us from God. Wisdom is, is given to us from God. And it's actually God's way of kind of telling us, here's how you can crack some of the code of life. Here's how you can get traction. Here's how you can kind of navigate forward. Here's how you can experience blessing. Here's how you can experience uh, success. And a lot of wisdom in the Bible is found in the wisdom literature, Psalms, that's in the middle of the Bible, Proverbs, the book right next to that, the book of Ecclesiastes. So in this series, as we're unpacking wisdom, we're going to be talking about Those books as well. So Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. But more than just these books, what you find in these books is as the Bible is kind of opened to us, as God has revealed His Word, you find that it's just a perspective that's consistent throughout wisdom. There's a certain approach. So not only are we talking about wisdom, but because we're talking about wisdom, it actually means that you navigate consistently and you have a certain approach to how you handle your life and your decisions and your relationships. And that's What attitudes are all about. So wisdom gets into our life. That's the next big idea through certain attitudes. Lasting success comes from wisdom. We get wisdom from certain attitudes, a certain approach. It's like a plane. As you're you're landing, you need to have the certain approach. You need to know the right speed, the right altitude, the right angles, and then you can land safely. When life, it's the same thing. We have to figure out all these at once in our attitudes, the right approach, so we know how to handle it, all that life throws into us. So this is what the series is all about. Life hacks are the key attitudes that bring wisdom and success. So the key key ways of thinking and the key ways of the values and perspective, these are those hacks. And we're gonna be looking at the scripture. The good news is you're not gonna spend five weeks just learning all these different tools of how to make your room cooler or how to make your cup of coffee hotter. Some of you may be disappointed by that. Each week, I'll throw a little of those so you can get those. But what we really want is, is wisdom. That's what we want. So we're going to be talking about attitudes. Now, there's a theme verse for this series. And so I want you to kind of keep this uh, in your mind. And it's there on your listening guides. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. It's actually a popular verse. Many people know that verse. You see it written on cars. You see it posted on social media. But this is actually wisdom in the Scripture. Trust. And who? And Who do you trust? And then if you do trust the Lord, what, what happens? Well, there's this path that's made straight. And so you see this, this picture of the way that is straight, that, that's actually what wisdom brings. It prevents... Us from beating ourselves up and slamming our heads against the wall from just our own decisions and wrong attitudes that we make so there's this connection that if you want your path straight that's the ultimate hack right the shortest distance from two points is a straight path and so God is saying like if you if you look to me and you get wisdom that shortest distance in life that that way to be efficient and move forward it comes as you trust and as you gain wisdom that, that I'll give to you and there's, there's a promise I don't know about you, but but I tend to wonder my way forward. Like I can just, is it this way? No, I don't think it's this way. It's this, no. And, And you spend your life just kind of twists and turns and twists and turns and ups and downs. You ever just get tired of that, like kind of wishing that you were further along than you are? I know I do. And this is the promise. If you tap into certain attitudes, wisdom can come into your life. And as you get wisdom, all those twists and turns and detours, they can become straight paths. So this series is like, how do we get on these straight paths that God has for us so we can gain uh, traction? So that's what we're going to be looking at. But I want to start with kind of the first life hack, and it's this idea of of what do we do to, to really allow wisdom to get into our life, and it's fear of the Lord. So life hack number one is fear of the Lord. For wisdom to come into us, it's not just that we need certain attitudes, but this is the key For wisdom, being able to get into our mind and being able to get into our heart. Now, fear of the Lord is something that shows up again and again in the Old Testament, in the beginning of the Bible, all throughout Scripture. It's this reverence of God that he exists, that he's there. And because he exists and because he is there, he's a factor and he's real. And because he's real, that impacts my life. And since it impacts my life, I don't just live my life wondering, Going here and there, I actually have to look up and recognize him. That's what fear of the Lord is. And so for wisdom to benefit us, uh, we must first decide to take God seriously. We all want wisdom, right? We want to stop the detours. What the scriptures say, if you want wisdom and you want straight paths, you can't get that without taking God seriously. Taking God seriously is fear of him, fear of the Lord. Now, it's not just like this anxious, scared of God, but it's this its this reverence, like he is God and I'm not. And he has a certain vantage point that I don't have. Therefore, I need to listen to him above all others. That's kind of the beginning point of this fear of the Lord. So fear, most of the time as I talk about fear, at church, in life, as I'm talking with people, as I'm trying to help people, usually fear... Is a bad thing. But there's actually a fear that can be good. And we all have that kind of fear. And so I want to talk about that. The first is that fear actually uh, tells us what is real. Fear tells us what's real. As a kid, you begin to learn what's real based on maybe you cross a boundary you shouldn't have crossed and you get burned. I remember the first time I touched an open flame. I heard that it was hot. When I touched, The candle with my finger, I now knew it was hot, right? It was real now. Fire was real. How do you know fire is real? Well, if you get burned, it's real. Ever since that time, I think I was five years old. I've never touched fire in the same way. Why? Because I know it's real. And that's that healthy fear. It's it's protection for us. Well, check out what the scriptures say about fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So again, we all want wisdom, and the beginning of it is the fear of the Lord. Now, the beginning there means the breakthrough point, that point of which wisdom gets into your life. It cracks the surface of our own thinking. It cracks the surface of our own attitudes, of our own actions, of being completely self-referenced, of only seeing us in every situation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning where it begins to penetrate that. And wisdom can begin to to flow into us. But if you're like me, that is kind of a pretty rough surface to crack because I like doing things my own way. I like thinking my own way. Things make sense to me. The fear of the Lord is this idea of like, well, maybe there's something else that I need to think about. Maybe there's something else I need to to factor in. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning, the breakthrough point of wisdom. And then look, knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So if you compare this to Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and acknowledge him and your, your path will be straight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom And knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So you see this idea of that knowledge, seeing him, he's there, he's real. You get wisdom, it's the beginning point of that, and you get insight. Wisdom and insight comes through fear of the Lord. So the right kind of fear is actually given to God, you know, given to us from God for our protection. I I remember when I kind of had my first opportunity for a real, like, fight at school. You guys ever had, like, a fight at school? I'd always wondered, like, what would it be like to be in a fight? You know, and I was a guy, and I was like, well, what would I do? Like, karate kid, like, would I do the crane kick, you know? And, and uh, you know, you, man, you know what I'm talking about. You know, karate kid, if you're younger, you don't even know what that is, go watch that today, okay? But um, I was in seventh grade, and there was this this kid that, that got in a lot of fights at school, and he got in a lot of fights because people were really mean to him. And they would just make fun of him, and, and he would just lash out, and he would just fight anyone who just picked the, you know, picked on him. And so the mob kind of did that. People just said things, and one day I, I just got in, and I cracked a joke about him, and he came after me. And he pushed me in my face. You ever been pushed in the face before? Actually, don't answer that, but I was. And in this moment, I thought, like, here it is. Like, this is, this is it. The thing that I'd wondered about my whole life is here before me. I have an opportunity to get in a fight. And it was just like a movie. Like, the whole crowd, we're in PE, and the whole crowd's like, hit him, Alex! And everyone's just gathered around, and this guy's like standing me down. and We're like, hit him, Alex! Hit him, Alex! And, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's about to go down. And I, I was like, kind of getting excited. And then I had this thought. If I get in this fight, I'm gonna get suspended. And I was not scared of that boy at all. I was deathly afraid of my mom. And if I had to call her from school to say, could you pick me up because I got suspended? I kid you not. Everything that I'd ever wondered about a fight stopped in that instance where I was like, I can't call my mom. I can't get suspended from school. That was a healthy fear. Now, depending on your mom, (laughs) you may have had the same or your dad or whoever it is in your life, but that that was a healthy fear. Like, what would this person think and what would happen? That's consequences. That's actually a healthy fear. There's protection. There's boundaries. If I cross this, something's gonna happen. And so all of like the things that I wondered, like coming out the superstar, like maybe the school carrying me off, like, wow, you beat him in a fight. I just just backed away, backed away. The mob just kind of lessened and dissipated and, and the moment was over. And I often... I don't often, but I have thought about it. I wonder what would have happened. I didn't get suspended, okay? I've never gotten suspended from school. That's what I can say. <laughs> Thank you guys for your excitement with me. But that was a that was a good fear. It saved me from consequences. Here's the, the problem, though. Our internal fear meters can get all skewed and messed up. Have you ever been more afraid of something than you needed to be? Right? This is the bad kind of fear. You're fearful and it paralyzes you. That internal meter that we have is is off. Why are you so afraid? I don't know. I'm just so fearful and you're just paralyzed. The opposite can be true too. We can sometimes blow past boundaries because we don't have any fear at all. And that internal meter is off as well. So there's things that we don't do because we don't have fear. And there's things that we do because the fear is not there. And, And those can be often... Those can both harm us. Either we're paralyzed or we blow past some protection and we can hurt us. In the end, paths aren't straight. There's a lot of twists and turns there. So our internal, you know, fear meter is off. So the way you calibrate that, that internal fear meter is through two dimensions of reality. And I want to spend some time because this is really important for how we operate in our life. We don't often think about this, but we do this all the time. So what's important with wisdom, wisdom points to this is why we do what we do. And it fills in some of the holes and it connects some of the dots. And so in this series, I I hope to do that. So where our internal fear meter is off, it's got to be calibrated. And it's calibrated through two dimensions. Here's the the first dimension. This is the most normal. It's the physical. This is having an accurate read on the dangers that are out there in life. Okay? Uh, Do you all drive on the right side of the road? It's, it, that was even a weird question. Like, what do you mean? Like, the right, right? Or like, the right, right? However you want to translate that. But we all drive on the right side of the road because that's where everyone drives. And we know if we're on the, going the wrong way, we're going to get in a crash. That's the physical dimension. Like, we know. Now, how many of you guys show up to work when your boss or your company tells you to? Don't answer that. But for most of us, you know, like, I don't set my own hours unless I set my own hours. If I don't set my own hours, I don't. I show up to work when I'm supposed to. That's the physical dimension. We do things in a certain way all the time based on fear because we know these are the things that I'm supposed to do. Again, that's, that's right. It's a healthy, here are the boundaries, and I need to stay within them. There's, there's protection there. So this is a good type of fear. Now, the second dimension of reality is this, spiritual. This type of fear is missing from modern life. But it is even more a factor into making our path straight than the physical dimension. It's spiritual. And this means that it's not just my knowledge of the physical world that's the most important. Now we live in a time where technology, I just got a new phone this past week on Thursday. I got an iPhone 11, it was like time for me to upgrade. I just like, it needs to do laundry. Like, the tech, it, like that's going to come soon. The technology is so crazy. New things, new things. And as soon as I get it, like, guess what? Next week, there's going to be, like, the 11.12, and my phone's going to already be old. Same with cars. Like, our technology is always pushing forward, pushing forward. Our knowledge of science is always pushing forward. We know more now than we ever have, right? We see this in our world. But is the pain and the problems in the world less? I don't know. You look at the news, it's, it's it's hard to actually gauge that. So it's very interesting. Our physical knowledge of the world is growing. Our spiritual knowledge is lessening. And what's happening in our culture and in our world and in our lives is that our internal pain is actually increasing. Because if you have more knowledge of the physical world, that can help you. But again, you're just slamming your head against the wall if it's not connected to the God that exists, the creator of the world. And so in order to gain the wisdom that we're talking about, it's connected not just to understanding the world, but it's actually connected to God, who's the creator of the world that's not of this world. And that's where real insight comes. To learn more about the physical, you actually need to know more about the spiritual. Because God is God. and He gives the insight and he gives the wisdom and he gives the success. So you can see we can spend so much of our time just here and now, here and now, here and now, and we miss this other dimension. But it actually is hard for us to admit this because, again, we just live in this world where all we see, we just do what we want to do, and we don't really know what to do about this kind of emptiness that we feel. Well, part of it is we're just spiritual beings that are only having a physical experience and our life is empty. You see this all around. And people that are doing things, it's to make them fill that void of something spiritual that only God can do. So wisdom gives you insight into this. The reason people are pursuing all the wrong things is because they're trying to do it in the physical world with physical things, and it doesn't work. And so we, we just kind of live life like this. It's You know, kids, when they're born, uh, they're, they're naive even to the physical world themselves. You ever just seen a kid that's fearless? Most of the time, most kids are fearless when they're really young because they, they don't know anything. A kid, when they're like a toddler, they will eat anything, right? I remember when we were uh, with our, one of our childs was young, uh, they got into like some medicine and the bottle was just open. And as a parent, you you walk in like, how many did they have? I don't know if I should be sharing this story. I just thought, <laughs> right as I saw your faces. So I know a guy that had a kid. <laughs> but, you, you know, parents, if we're honest, there's all those things like, oh, man, hope nobody knows about that. That might have been one of them. Erase that from the recording. But um, that—that but that was a moment like, oh, my goodness, there is no fear at all. And I talk to my kids about this all the time, crossing the street. We, we live on a busy street. We have a basketball hoop, which kind of sets them up to fail. <laughs> but they chase that ball, and they do, like, the, the look and the run. They're looking while they're running across the street. No car. And I have to tell them, no, you can't look and run. You have to stop. Then you look. Then you run. But if they look and run, and what happens if there's a car? You're just, oh, that's not good. There's nothing you could do. Now, we as adults, we've learned that. We have experience in the physical world. We have a certain maybe even wisdom and a healthy fear. Like we know you don't do this, you do that, and we train our kids, and that's good. You want to teach your kids, hold my hand as we cross the street. Look both ways so you can see traffic. Don't just run out. Don't look and run. Well, for us as adults, when it comes to the spiritual world, we kind of operate like, like kids do, like we, we just don't have knowledge about it. We just don't have knowledge. We're, we're lacking insight. And so it's like we're like the kids who just run without looking. And, and God is saying, I made you. I know you. I've revealed the truth to you. You want insight, and you're looking everywhere else but me. And, and we tend to do that. We just kind of go straight without looking and seeing that God is there. This is a sign from uh, England. Traffic in England is coming this way. So many times, because in Europe, they don't are the same in London, and in the United States, it's not the same. as England is special, you know? They just want the world to know, we set the rules for driving, okay? And so they drive on the opposite side of the street. So if you're crossing and you're looking left in England, you're potentially going to be in danger because... Traffic's not coming this way. It's coming from the right. And so you see these signs all the time. Look right. That's really helpful. You may think like, why do I need to know that? You don't unless there's traffic coming. And then you really need to know that. And so this is a look right sign. And we tend to just live based on our experience of this physical world. Like we've always looked left. There's nothing here. The coast is clear. Physical dimension. Physical dimension. And then God says, wait a second, look right. Why would I need to do that? Because there's things that you don't see. The spiritual dimension is real. God is real. There's things going beyond what you can see, what you can hear, what you can sense. And God says, look, look right. In fact, the Bible is God's look right sign. He's given us the Bible, his revelation, his words. It's his way of saying, my creation, look right, be aware, pay attention. There is a world and a reality that you have not known, but I want to share with you. I want to show you, and I want you to see there's more going on, and the flow of life and the success that comes can only be found as we look right as we allow the Bible to come into our life. And so we've been talking a lot about fear because as you begin with the fear of the Lord, you have to counter that with the fears that we experience in life. We all fear something. I was thinking about like common fears that I've experienced, like financial fears. Any of you guys have financial fears? Like at the end of my month, is the money gonna be there? At the end of my life, as I wanna retire, is the money gonna be there? Some of you never even thought about retirement. Some of you have this great plan. What happens if your plan doesn't work? All sorts of things, right? Finances can just get us all dorked up. There's a lot of financial fears for all of us. If you have kids, are any of you fearful about their future? Have you seen our world? It's terrifying. So that, that fear is, is normal. What about fear of your health? More and more people just stricken with this disease and terrible illnesses cut their, short, their life short. Have You ever wondered, like, what if that happens to you? Or if it has happened to you, what do you do? How do you get through it? These are these are all normal fears. But again, if the physical world, if we've only ever looked left, then the physical world is now, how do we get past this? And it's usually achievement. I need to work harder. I need to learn more. I need to do this. I need to not do that. Then the question remains, is your fear gone? After you've done all those things, is your fear gone? But if we're honest, most of the time it's not. And the reason is is we can't get a solution to our fear from the physical world. Again, the only solution to fear in the physical world is actually spiritual because God is outside of it. He brings the power and the help that can't be found here. If it could be found here, wouldn't we have found it? But It can't be. So God gives it to us. He gives us this wisdom and he gives us his power and he gives us his help as we turn to him. As we decide to follow his son Jesus and find forgiveness for our sin, wisdom can begin to get into our life. So now you've got to go from this physical and then you add the spiritual. And you think, if I'm adding a whole other dimension of fear, doesn't that increase my fear? Because now you add the spiritual then you're like... What if there is a God? What does he think about me? And that can actually cause a lot of fear as well. But here's the difference. There is a God. There is a spiritual dimension. And because of that, there is help that he will bring to you as you turn to him. What you find about God is the very things that we're fearful about, like his anger, his wrath, he actually approaches us with kindness and grace. That's why he sent his son. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to give us his wisdom. And so fearing God, this is counterintuitive, fearing God reduces what? Fear. Huh? It's true. Fearing God reduces fear. Because if you fear God, you take him seriously. He becomes the new vantage point of your life. You look at everything in this physical world differently. Your life Success, relationships, what's important, your value, your identity. Everything that you've just based your whole life on before is just merely physical. Your own understanding of your own life. When you begin to follow God and take him seriously, your vantage point changes. And you now have help that you didn't have. So here's another question. How can we expand beyond just this physical dimension to this spiritual dimension that God wants to pour into us? How do we do that? This is where fear of the Lord meets real life. It's obedience. The spiritual dimension becomes real, and fear of the Lord becomes real as we do what God says. At the core of fear of the Lord is obeying him. I have discussions a lot of times with my kids, and in my own life, I have to tell this to myself. It's really, in the end of the day, it's not what I say. Right? It's what I it's what I do. It's not what I say, it's what I do. And it's the same with the relationship with God. It's not all the, the things that we tell God. It's not the things that we tell others about what we're going to do with God. It's actually what we actually do in space and time in this physical world. It's what we do. And so for the fear of the Lord to get in and for wisdom to flow, you have to be willing to obey God. And isn't it crazy? Like, it sounds so great. We want wisdom. I do. I want help. You do. We all do. The Scriptures say, obey. Is there a way to get the combo where you get the help and the wisdom without obeying, right? Isn't that like our natural inclination? We want the fruit. We want all the good, but we don't want the, the direction. We don't want maybe the cost. I've been just experiencing this in my own life. It's like I, I want all of the things that are good, but sometimes I don't want to choose to do the right thing. And, in fact, I choose to do the wrong thing, but I still want all that's good. Have you experienced that in your life? You can just beat your head up against the wall for that. But that's the fear of the Lord. It's like, okay, for wisdom to flow. I have to be willing to do what God says. Which means he has to be a reference point. Which means I need to look at my life differently. It's not just here and now, my physical world. There is God and he's watching me. That impacts what I do. It impacts what I say. So it's a real dimension. Here's another idea behind this. We won't perceive uh, God's help as real if we don't perceive his words as real. So this is where that connection point. We want God's help. And for really for us to get God's help, we have to see that his words are real, just like his help is real. So I want the help, fear of the Lord is, I really need to walk with him. He's not a genie, he's not a vending machine. I need to do what he says. I need to navigate put my life in the right place so he can speak into it. So, covered so far that, that fear, it, you know, it tells us what's real. And then his words are real. The second thing is, is fear tells us what really matters. Over the last 13 years of my life, I have three new fears. Their names are Katie, Levi, and Jude, my kids. If you're a parent, you know what that's like. If you're married, you know what it's like. If you have anyone important to you... You know that with that relationship of someone that you really care about, the fears increase. Why? Because they matter to you. So again, that kind of fear is not bad. It shows you what's real, and it shows you what matters. So for my kids are, are sick, I feel that. I feel that differently than I would anyone else. They're my kids. When my kids are having a hard time, I feel that. Because if they're having a hard time, it's like, I'm having a hard time. I feel that. Fear, it actually tells us what matters most. But Remember I talked about that internal fear meter gets all messed up? It's the same with here. You ever gotten to an argument with someone that you really love and appreciate? Let's call them a spouse. You ever done that? If you have a fear of being right, more then the fear of loving that person, that's skewed, correct? But that that can happen all the time. There's a fear that we want to be right. And so our fear of being right outweighs the love that we have in that moment. And so a conflict can erupt because of that, because you want to be right. That's off a little bit. If you have a fear of what people think about you, their view of you, and it's it's just, it it gnaws at you that they're viewed, you want to please them, you want to make them happy, then that fear cannot be healthy if that causes you to not do what you should do or say what you should say. So again, our internal fear meter can get all messed up and we're not sure what matters most. Do I want to be right or do I want to treat this person right? Two different things, two different approaches. Do I want to please God or do I want to please this person? Could be two different approaches. So what do you do? Well, what you find in the Scripture is that there's two ways how you determine what matters most. And I want to just highlight these. First is trial and error. This is the school of hard knocks. You've heard of that phrase before. People who've been through the school of hard knocks actually gain some wisdom in life. They have insight. But they've also experienced a lot of pain. Life's beat them up. Some people learn from it. Some people don't, but that's how you learn. You decide what matters most. You perceive it. You see it works, but it can be very painful. That's the first approach. The second is this. You take God's word for it. Again, you can only take God's word for it if you think that there's a God that has words for you, spiritual dimension. But if you take his word for it now, you begin to orient your life around what he says, and your life begins to change. Now, I just want to highlight this very briefly as I, as I close things out. We actually have lessons from the wisdom literature in the Scripture. Most were written by a man named Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. Why? Because God gave him wisdom. God gave him wisdom because Solomon was King David's son. He took over from King David, had kind of the authority and the leadership to lead the people of Israel forward, And he was faithful, and he was doing things well. And God came to him, and he was pleased with Solomon. He said, Solomon, ask for whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon thought about it. And he looked around at this kingdom. He looked around at all these people. He looked at the the level of responsibilities, and he said, God, this responsibility is so great. Give me wisdom and a discerning heart. I don't know if I would have said that. (laughs) God gives you a request. Which I think God knew who he was asking, right? Because that's what Solomon said. He says, give give me wisdom and a discerning heart. And God was so pleased with that. He says, that's the best thing that you could ask for. So you have understanding. And because you've asked for that, I'm gonna give you great wealth. And I'm gonna give you a reputation that no one will ever have like you. So Solomon became from God's hand, the wealthiest person that's ever been and will ever be. And at his disposal, because of his resources and because of the wisdom that God gave him, he has insight where we gain the wisdom literature from the Bible. So through the life of Solomon and all that he learned, good choices and bad, we gain wisdom. He had international fame. World leaders traveled traveled to Jerusalem to hear him talk. In today's numbers in terms of income, he was a billionaire, His annual income, like probably about a billion. And then his holdings, like a hundred billion. Notice he didn't ask for that first. He asked for wisdom and look what God did. He he blessed him. Um, But because he had this unlimited resources, Solomon decided, you know what? I have wisdom that's given to me from God, but I also want to learn really about what life's all about. And so he went on his own pursuits. So what's interesting about the life of Solomon, although he had wisdom from God, he also decided to kind of go through the school of hard knocks himself. He wanted to trial and error it a little bit. He wanted to figure things out for himself. I want to just kind of focus on this physical world a little bit because I have unlimited resources in this physical world so I can learn about life. So it's really interesting. The man that was given the most wisdom because he's in the physical world didn't always handle it the right way. That's why we need God in the spiritual dimension because we mess up. Even when we've been given so much blessing, we mess up. And when we have so much insight, we mess up. And so, he went through kind of his own pursuits and in Ecclesiastes 2. It's like the journal of this trial and error. And you can learn, you can learn from it. And this is what he says. It says, "What does a man get for all the toils and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days his work is pain and grief, even at at night his mind does not rest." This too is meaningless. So what Solomon is saying is like, look, guys, I'm going to spare you all the time of the trial and error. I had unlimited resources. I had everything at my disposal. And at the end of the day, it was like chasing the wind. That's what meaningless means. It's vanity. You're trying to grab onto something and it's air. There's nothing you can ha- hold on to. There's nothing that you have to show for it. And he's like, look, it's dead ends. I know I had everything I could do to find the meaning of life at my disposal. And at the end of the day, I couldn't sleep just like anyone else who didn't have anything. There's no rest. And isn't it so interesting if you look at some of the people that lives are cracked and battered the most in our country are usually the most famous, the most successful, the most rich. From our vantage point, we're like, I'd love to have those kinds of problems. What Solomon's saying is there's no different. You can have all the power, all the money, all the success. If all you have is physical world, if that dimension is all, you will be empty just like somebody who has none of it. So I'm saying, trust me in this. I know. Why? Because I'm the wisest person that's ever lived. So he went on this pursuit so we could learn. And notice his conclusion in Ecclesiastes 12. Now all has been heard. So I've experienced and experimented with everything. I've tried it all. Now all has been heard. The experiment is done. Here's the conclusion of the matter. What does he go back to? Fear God. Keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of all mankind. I love this, because what Solomon is saying is, people, you can trial and error, but you don't have to. You don't have to spend your whole life keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Why? Because I've learned for you, and I give you insight. And the insight is fear God, keep his commandments. So here's the summary. What really matters is doing what is right in God's eyes. That's the fear of the Lord. What's right in God's eyes, that is what really matters. I want to invite the band up as I conclude And I want to walk through just a couple next steps. But before I do that, I want to ask the question what what does God want me to do with this? What does God want me to do now? You can't control your past. You can't control what other people think of you. You can't protect yourself from every danger. Fear will still be there. But you can do this. All of us can. We can take God seriously. As an individual person, we can take God serious. As a church, we can take God seriously. We can choose to fear him and to do what he said. If our fear meter is off, our paths will be anything but straight. They'll be completely off-calibrated. We'll be going on detours the rest of our life. But if we pursue what really matters, God first, what he says, He actually promises to calibrate and to make our path straight. So an added bonus for you being here today, we have a free gift for you. Aren't you guys so excited? (laughs) Krispy Kremes, we have have a a free carabiner for you. And it's got a compass. And here's, here's the promise of Scripture. It says, Life Hacks, and it's got Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. All of you guys can grab that. It's going to be on the info table at the end of the service. I want this to be just a reminder. Okay, if I trust in him and I do what he says, I'm going true north with what the Lord says. I'm following him, and he's going to lead me in the right direction. That's the promise. Now, the cool thing about a carabiner, it's also kind of like a life hack. You can connect two things together. You can put your little grocery shopping bags that you don't want to pay for, but you've already done that 17,000 times. You can put those on the back of your headrest. And be reminded at the same time, I told you, we want to give to you. You're welcome. So that will be by the info table in all seriousness. But I just want that to be a reminder. I need to, okay, I need to be reminded, God, it's not just physical. You're there. You're watching. What do you want me to do? And so we hope that as you have that, that will be a reminder to you. We're also passing them to your kids in KidZone so they have one. So I encourage you. If they show you what that is, explain. Just give them a sense. Yeah, this is what we talked about in church. This is a great opportunity to tie the spiritual dimension with the physical with your own kids. All right? Here's some next steps. First thing is memorize the theme verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. If you've never memorized that verse, I encourage you to do that. That's the promise. Uh, the second next step is begin each day with prayer. You begin each day with prayer because... There is a spiritual world. God is there, and he's listening. So if you begin each day with prayer, God, will you help me today? Help me to acknowledge you're, you're there. That's your way of, of looking right. We get in our own life and rut, and it's just we're always going left, but this, there's something spiritual that God is doing. Begin each day with prayer. It allows you to look both ways. And the third is attend the rest of the series. Um, at the info table are also the cards of this series, The Life Hacks. And, and I encourage you to come back, attend this series, because I'm going to be building on this first attitude, and then I'm going to unpack four more. And here's just a preview. If you could put them all up at once so everyone could see it. Here's the preview of the series. Uh, the first is the, today, and then we're going to be talking about trust in the Lord, God's GPS, that's next week. The week after, we're going to be talking about humility, keeping a low profile. Then the weeks after that, you can go to the next one, February 2nd. We're going to be talking about teachability. February 10th, we're going to take a break, but I want to invite you guys all to this. I think it's, is it the 9th? It's the 9th, sorry. That was my fault. Uh, Don't come on Monday to school. Kids will be here. Um, It's our one-year anniversary, so I want to invite you guys all to that. And then the 16th, we're going to close the service, uh, the series, sorry, talking about the importance of patience. So these attitudes bring wisdom into our life. I hope you guys can come back. I think it will be really helpful. And there's cards back there so you can invite uh, someone to come come with you. So let, let me pray. Father, thank you for your wisdom, which you want to give to us and you want to pour to us in our life. God, help us to realize that we actually get it from obeying you, from orienting towards you, from looking right, to seeing that there's there's more that's going on than just this physical world. So God, I pray for any of us that are just feeling like we're on the detours, we're on the loops, and we're not going on a straight path. Will you just give us this, this longing to, to move forward? And will you help us, God? So I pray that you will begin to give the wisdom that you want to give to us, and at the same time that you will give us the power to obey you tomorrow as we go to work, this afternoon as we interact with our kids, whatever that we have on our plate. We ask your help in this in the name of Jesus. Amen.